You've likely heard of the Cannes Film Festival, but did you know its scandalous history? Neither did we. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Thanks for tuning in to the Travel FOMO podcast. If you're like me, you are looking to get swept away to another place today. And that is exactly what we're going to do for you. My name is Hillary Halton, and I'm here with my husband and the star of the gap year, Jamin Halton. Co-star. Co-star. Oh, <laughs> giving me credits. <laughs> like maybe more like featured. <laughs> we are in the middle of season seven, sharing our insights from Mediterranean Europe, and uh, today we are going to con. Yes, full celebrity mode. What? What? Looking for movie stars. Yes. Um, and we were in con just after the uh, after the film festival every May. Uh, for 12 days, all of the big stars come in and they do, they debut all of their big movies and they make all their big deals and they do all their big promotions and it all happens right there in con. Um, and you can see why it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Like right on the French Riviera, Mm -hmm. right on the ocean, all these yachts everywhere. It's kind of like, yeah, it's awesome. The yachts are incredible. I mean, you will have a beautiful beautiful yacht worth hundreds of millions of dollars and there in con it's like eh, it's just kind of another boat right it just like they're all it kind of the average is so extreme that you're like whoa yeah there's no way if i had a yacht there's no way i would ever go to con because <laughs> there's going to be 20 people there with a better yacht than your yacht no matter what yacht right you have. well and half the time nobody's even on the yacht like no. they just looked empty yeah, they're just crazy. out there with like some guy washing them. Yeah, like exactly. That's, <laughs> that's exactly. It. But it definitely attracts celebrities and um and and I guess the film festival is really you know kind of what turned it into that kind of a place. Yeah. But the festival, I was looking into it. It has such an interesting history. It's an international film festival. So um, think about like people coming from all over the world and with all these different movies. And it was actually created as a rival to the Venice Film Festival. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, of course, they wanted a place with an incredible backdrop like Venice, you know. (laughs) And um, so it came about around the time of World War II. And originally it wasn't even going to be in Cannes. It was going to be in some other city um, named Biarritz. I I think that's how you would say it. But it wasn't even going to be in Cannes, and um, the people of Cannes really, you know, advocated for it and eventually, like, won the right to host it. But the first festival was actually going to take place in September 1939, which, if you think about the context of that... Great timing. Oh, my gosh. It's like <laughs> World War Two is happening. And the festival attendees had actually already arrived for parties and this was in september of 1939 and on that first day of the festival german troops invaded poland which it's kind of this tells you how detached we are as americans because i read that and i was like okay that's not france you know Mm, german and poland like that's not that's not france with my american mindset it feels so far away 
Right. And I'm used to other countries just being really far away. But in Europe, that's really close. And that has a huge impact on them. Yeah. When that invasion happened, the festival was actually postponed for like 10 days. And then the situation just, it honestly just kept getting worse. So they were forced to cancel everything. And then it would be seven more years before it would actually take place. Wow. Can you imagine putting off your event for seven years? Like we saw a lot of things happen with COVID (laughs) and things get canceled, but seven years is a long time. I feel like you would almost feel like this isn't supposed to happen. Oh, right. We've never done this before. There would be a lot of that mindset going around of like, we tried to do this and like World War II happened. (sighs) World War II broke out. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. We're not going to do this here. That's true. We've got to do it somewhere else just to make it different, just to not have that reminder. Mm, that's true yeah of like everybody coming back and being like oh man you remember last time yeah we had no idea how bad things were about to get right yeah that's a good point this particular festival is you I, i it sounds like to me like it's a little bit more unique in that they really defend filmmakers freedom of expression they don't really give in to diplomatic pressure um like, and here are some really good examples that I was reading up on. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, so in some cases, people feel like it's been pretty scandalous because back in 1960, um, there was a movie called uh, La Dolce Vida, and it was considered pornographic by some people. And I don't know how we would gauge it today, but definitely at that time. And it was con- so controversial at the Vatican that they threatened to excommunicate anyone who even saw the movie. <laughs> so, Can you imagine being at the festival and you're like, uh, well, I can't. Like, I just can't. Yes. You go to the movie and you get excommunicated for yeah. going to a movie. Right. That's I'd be like, crazy. I'm no longer Catholic if I do that. Like, that would be crazy. Yeah. And then another example was in 1961. So like the very next year, there was a film called um, Viri, Viridiana, I believe is how you'd say it. And it was actually a winner of a co-winner of the Palme d'Or, which is like the festival's top prize, if uh, I'm understanding mm-hmm. it correctly. The movie like kind of criticized religion, I guess. And I haven't seen it, but... There's a scene that even mimics the Last Supper and people felt like that was disrespectful. And then in Spain, you've got Franco reigning in Spain and he tried to censor the movie, but the movie director sent the film anyway and it arrived to Cannes the night before the screening. So it was kind of like, we've got to get this there. And just like, like right before so that way. So can stop it. Yeah. So nobody can stop this wow. from happening. And the Vatican was like outraged and the director was forbidden. So the director of the movie was forbidden from returning to Spain, which is crazy. That is crazy. And then um, the only reason that the movie still exists today is because one of the um, the Mexican actress who was starring in the film, uh, Sylvia Pinal, she saved a copy of it and by sending it to Mexico, which at the time, um, Mexico was a country that didn't really have relation a relationship with Spain. And so... There was no real threat there for her to just, you know, send it to Spain so she could have a copy. And that's really why the movie is even wow. around today. I think you can even like look it up and, and watch it on YouTube or something like that. So but. the movie like hung out in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Until it was safe to like, like escape to Mexico. Right. Let people Butch see Butch Cassidy style. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. 
<laughs> That's so crazy. Another thing that is really um, popular to do there is the actors are, um, a lot of actors are seen on the beach there. Oh. I think some have even been photographed topless in con, which for us, it would be no surprise. Yeah. But for America, it's like <laughs> for, for us having seen that beach and seen, you know, that that is very common. Yeah, that's um, it's not really a big deal there, but that would be considered scandalous. Right. In America. Yeah. If you guys kind of rewind back back to 2006, Sasha Baron Cohen was doing that mockumentary film Borat mm -hmm. that he really became famous for. And he was making fun of all of the con you know, uh, skin bearing, you know, things that people kept doing for the press in con and, you know, being out on the beach with no, you know, clothes and stuff like that. And so he showed up wearing, um, like a mankini, like this lime green mankini. If you guys go look it up, it is so funny. I remember that. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's so funny. Cause he's so hairy and just funny, you know, it's not a good look. Oh, gosh, it's hilarious. <laughs> but really good publicity, right? Yes. All publicity is good publicity. Well, I still remember it. Right, from yeah. Like however long ago. Good point, yeah. And then um, a couple of years later in 2008, this is kind of a funny story, too. Jack Black was promoting the movie Kung Fu Panda, and um, he accidentally announced that his uh, co-star, Angelina Jolie, he accidentally announced that she was expecting twins with Brad Pitt. <laughs> and I guess, like, I don't know if people knew she was pregnant at the time or if people just didn't know they were twins or whatever, but mm. he had, like, heard that leaked and his wife had seen it in some celebrity magazine or something. And so Jack Black just assumed everybody kind of knew it was twins. He didn't <laughs> think he was revealing anything. And then come to find out it was uh, actually a really big deal. So you should have cashed in with TMZ or something. To I know, right? Get exclusives on that. <laughs> Instead, he got a bad rap for it. <laughs> I was kind of surprised at how much of like the the stories and things like that of like the celebrity minglings there. Mm. Like you think of the film festival and you're like, that's a big deal. Movie star is going to come in for his film and go. But I remember in anticipation of going, seeing stuff come through on my Google feed or whatever about the film festival as it was happening right before we got there. Yeah. And like a big deal this year was like, I think Kevin Spacey and James Franco were there trying to do like some, they weren't even promoting anything, but they were trying to do some like image repair mm. to like try to get back into some projects that, um, that they'd all gotten dropped from because of like bad press and things like that. And so oh, yeah. just all these business dealings and stuff, like all of that circulation, like happening there for that, like condensed period of time. is kind yeah. of crazy. It is crazy. Cause you realize how much strategy is going on behind the scenes in yeah. the, at con, like in the film festival. Mm -hmm. It's really pretty fascinating. Yeah. And I think it was the 75th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I believe we've got like footage of like all the signage that's up in the streets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They still had a lot of barricades and banners and things like that up. Yeah. Um, you yeah, guys can was... actually check all of that out in the YouTube video. You can kind of see some of the remnants of the <laughs> Con Film Festival, including me posing on a red carpet because <laughs> it only felt right. <laughs> you were walking the, the red carpet. I think on a run, right? In my running clothes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I managed to uh, I managed to get uh, some photos in front of the red carpet multiple times. Yeah, you did it a few times. <laughs>
you were, you weren't going to pass that up. Exactly. <laughs> but it was like, it was really nice there. The weather was great there. We arrived by train from Barcelona. Yeah. Um, I remember it being really busy. Like I think it was leading up to a holiday. And so it was a holiday weekend in France, um, which again meant like we had to get our tickets and stuff figured out. But fi- like we yeah. had finally worked all of that out where in Lyon we had <laughs> that, that guy had helped us get tickets for our French train. And in Barcelona, that guy helped us get tickets for our Spanish train. So we were able to get the reservations, use our URL pass and and finally make it there. Well, um, and the thing about like, and I know we've said this before, but if you haven't heard all of the other podcasts, note to travelers, if you're doing a URL pass and you're using it in France and Spain, if you need a reservation, and a lot of times you will, you're going to need to go to the train station. You can't do those reservations on like a website. Right. So. That is just worth noting every time because it really does change how you spend your time when you're physically there. Yeah, you have to physically go into a station. Like yeah. in Italy, you can do it online, which is great. Yeah, and, and very a lot helpful. of places. And so that technology exists mm-hmm. and just serves to frustrate me to no end. That, yeah, that you like, do always bring that up. You're like, I know it can happen. Other countries do it. Yeah, if Italy can figure it out, if Italy can figure it out with their train system, like, France, come on, let's <laughs> let's get up. going here. Uh, exactly. But it, you know, it uh, still is a great way and a really cool train ride from Barcelona to Cannes because you're all along the coast. Yeah, and so like really uh, beautiful views and all of that. But and we ended up like we had we had to make train reservations. We had to get the earliest train because of the holiday and so many people. Yeah. But then we got like to be in first class, which was really nice. That was nice. Yeah. We had to like, we had to pay to, to do uh true first class, but that was all that was left. Yeah. Otherwise we wouldn't have, but it was nice to have like the bigger comfier seat. Do you think first class is worth it on a train? Man, it depends on the train. And I don't think you can really know what your train is truly going to be like in most cases. Yeah, I would agree. I think for the most part, for me, I'm like, it's a, it's a train ride. Yeah. If I'm on the train and there's a seat, then that that's fine. Now, in like in the Czech Republic, there were cars without air conditioning and some of that in Italy too. Yeah. So you could sway me there, but. Uh, I feel like in France and Spain, like as long as I'm on the train, like I don't, yeah, I don't, really, I don't know that it makes a big difference. Right. It is nice to have like um, an outlet, like to plug mm, yeah. in your appliances and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like that true. was always really nice. And but a little it more was space if you're going to be there for a long time. Yeah. 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 So, what would you describe Con as? Like, how would you compare it, or like, what would how would you describe it? Yeah, it's definitely got beachy vibes mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Like I was looking back at the footage as I was editing the video and it's like moms are walking around in swimsuits, pushing strollers, you know, <laughs> yeah. like in old town, not even by the beach. Very beachy, but very classy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so y- there's this, um, they kind of have this beautiful way that they've blended beachy with classy mm-hmm. in a way, um, which doesn't always coincide. And well. it's kind of hard to do. It is kind of hard to like, do. Especially if you're 
American. I yeah. feel like a lot of beachy places, especially like tropical, like palm trees uh-huh. and sunshine beachy places can get a little kitschy and like a little yeah like run down and in a little trashy that's true but this was not like that yeah it maybe it had to do with the yachts that helps they help yeah <laughs> help make it feel really classy yeah but it wasn't like as clean and like pristine as i did expect for it to be but it kind of made it feel more authentic and a little bit more approachable than I thought because I was a little not nervous about going to con but it just felt like oh this is going to be so out of my league and it wasn't it's just a very nice easy place to be in yeah I I would agree with that I was a little worried that it might be kind of stuffy but it wasn't yeah it, it was really nice and we like had our first dinner on the beach We sure did. We'd been in Valencia and San Sebastian where Mm -hmm. beach access was so prominent. And this was one of those cities where the beach is pretty much owned by different restaurants. And you don't necessarily have good access to the beach. You can see it. That's true. But. Yeah, Yeah, we did end up going to the beach that one day. But like it's very small sections of the beach that you could actually just like go hang out on. Yeah. But yeah. And like dinner on the beach was a nice way to enjoy the beach. For sure. And, you know, kind of have that ocean view. It was definitely a nice way to spend the first evening. Yeah. Um, It was a little pricey. It was. You had to like convince me. I was like debating. I was like, is this even worth it? Do we even want to do that? Yeah. You know, we were very budget conscious all throughout all of Europe. And, you know, we're thinking of like, well, if it's not something that we planned out, spending a lot of money on a dinner, is it really worth it? It seems like a big risk. Right. But uh, but this one paid off. Um, It was worth it. It was. And it was, it was nice. Like you people forget, like, around. You're and, paying for the experience and the experience yeah. was awesome. Yeah. And we really only had one full day there. And yeah. so with that in mind, we packed the next day full of stuff, including starting out with an epic run. Of course. We oh, went for a I'm run. I'm so glad we did that. <laughs> um, it was uh, once again... You asking me how long the run was going to be and trying to like bargain some form of like shorter run. Oh my gosh, I was a little disgruntled. You can Um, even see in the video, you're like, we're going on a run. And I was like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. (laughs) But the nice thing about the con run was that there is this really great massive sidewalk that kind of goes down the beach. Yeah. And it just runs down the beach and runs to the marina and all that. And so you're not crossing streets and you're just getting to look out at the ocean. It makes it not as compelling as like running through a medieval village where there's some kind of church or castle around every corner. It's more of like a consistent view of like really nice city, really nice beach. Um, but still like a great, a great run, nice and flat. I know. I I was like very appreciative of that. (laughs) And also you don't have to think too hard about like, where do I go run? Yeah. It's just really laid out for you. Just an out and back. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice about it. After our run, like after we were through running, we went back, got cleaned up and kind of hit the town. We went to a little boulangerie and uh, picked up some breakfast, little pastries to take out and sit by the dock and 
watch the yachts go by as we ate our pastries, which was really cool. Like I do love that about France and the boulangeries, like with great pastry, they're kind of everywhere. And they're also really small where you just go in and get stuff and then you go out and it sort of forces you to go like sit in a park or in this case, sit, sit by the ocean and eat your breakfast out, Mm -hmm. which I think if, if left to my own devices, I would probably just like sit inside somewhere mm-hmm. and be like, oh, just, but this, that French culture sort of like forces you into that and it ends up being really enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, I love, yeah. I love sitting outside for pretty much any meal. And we got a show. Oh my gosh. breakfast and a show. Do you remember that lady in the <laughs> kayak? Yes. Oh my goodness, guys. She was just, what, a few yards off of the beach and yeah. she's kayaking along and she's got a kayak with a bag in it, like a big bag as if she's mm-hmm. traveling. Right. And then a blue and white ice chest. And she's like moving and she was like working hard, but she wasn't really going anywhere. <laughs> no. I felt so bad for her. But literally I was like, where are you going? Like it it wasn't clear. Like it was like, it looks like you've packed for a while. So are you just like... I mean, kayaking the French Riviera, but she didn't look that sporty. It felt more like a canoe kind of vibe. I don't know. Yeah. I like, it was really hard to tell. If you looked at just like the kayak and the stuff, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, this person started in Italy and they're like kayaking along the coast. Yeah. And but then if you watch the performance of the kayak, <laughs> you realize like, oh, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> like yeah. You were, she paddled and paddled and paddled and paddled and paddled and literally did not move. In fact, I think she was losing ground. It felt like it. Like we were just like walking along leisurely and I was like, oh, I feel like we could circle her a couple times. I like, I almost wanted to be like, do you need anything? Can I help you? Right. Well, we'll come back and see you at dinner because you'll be right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, we didn't say a word. We just silently were like, oh, that looks hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, this was a bad choice. Yeah. Does the idea of traveling sound overwhelming to you? Perhaps you want to see the world, but you just don't know where to start. Let Hallie help. Working through Travelmation, Hallie is a travel consultant who can take you wherever you want to go, within the U.S. or abroad. As an authorized Disney vacation planner, she can find a family-friendly vacay that won't break the bank. Looking for something more luxurious? She's your girl. Or perhaps you need a walk on the wild side. Hallie books adventures too. Just reach out to Hallie by phone at 972-822-6315 or email her at H-A-L-L-I-E-N-A-R-R-A-M-O-R-E at Travelmation.net. Call Holly to get your dream vacation planned today. We walked up into Old Town, which was really intriguing. Um, was and once... I don't feel like anybody really knows that there's like this Old Town part of yeah, Con. It's like a Roman part of the city. That's crazy. Um, and it's up on top of the hill. So amazing views from up there. Um, there was a, a big chapel up there and things like that. A lot of houses and that that very 
Southern European yeah. vibe. And to like a it. museum. I think there was some kind of museum. Mm. You could like, there were amazing views. So you could see like all the cruise ships out at sea. Yeah. I mean, you could look in a bunch of different directions and see a lot, which was really pretty. And I'm sure at night that looks really cool up there. Yeah. I, I was going to say if, if we go back, I would maybe be interested in staying up there just mm-hmm. because at night, I'm sure the city looks incredible from yeah. up there. It is way up a hill. Oh, true. So yeah. you got to kind of want it to, to get up to it. Right. If you're you need walking. to wear comfortable shoes if you're going to be walking around con. Yeah. And this like, especially in the old part of the city, the streets are really narrow. A lot of the streets are just pedestrian walkways. Mm-hmm. And so navigating it with a car, I think would be a, a nightmare. But yeah. um, it is worth the hike up there. Yeah. And wasn't there like an old city wall up there too that mm-hmm. we got to walk along? Like it's yeah. in good condition. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really close to that church. And mm-hmm. I remember standing up there like looking down at, at part of the village underneath and then that church, cause we were there on the weekend, uh, mass was letting out and a bunch of people were kind oh, of streaming yeah. out of the church and that, that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. And I, I kept eyeing those cruise ships cause I was like, they're gonna people are gonna get off that cruise ship and it's all gonna be different it is it is a cruise ship town so you have that like sort of inhale exhale to it every day where it's like a full of people and then they finally leave yeah 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 but we also came across a flea market which i was not expecting but Mm -hmm. was really cool and even some of the vendors had like vintage um vintage items that were like crazy fashion brands that like are really reputable. Like you might have like a Louis Vuitton item from like 1940 or something, which was really cool. I don't even know if Louis Vuitton goes back that far, but, (laughs) but you kind of get the idea, like all of this vintage stuff that's name brand. And it was really interesting. I mean, some of that was pricey, you know, because you're talking about like vintage items. Yeah. But then um, there's also a lot of other fun stuff that you could buy. And I ended up getting um, a vintage necklace for Catherine, our friend Catherine. That's right. Yeah. And that was just really fun. I just knew in that moment I was like this. There would not be a better opportunity of something to find for her here in France. But then also like. She appreciates celebrity vibes too. So (laughs) I'm always like reaching out to her when I'm like, oh my gosh, did you see what Prince Harry did? (laughs) Harry and Meghan, (laughs) OMG. (laughs) But so like, you know, the whole film festival vibe I thought she would like, but also just vintage things she's got an affinity for. Yeah. Yeah. Also though, do you remember there being antique guns there? I do. Yeah. That was really interesting. Yeah, they had a lot of like really cool booths there. I remember seeing some like, they were almost like little trays, like not like an ashtray, but like a little tray that you'd set your like keys or coins in. But they were, you could tell that they were really old and they were silver, but they were from Paris. Mm. And they had um, like the Eiffel Tower and others like in the Arc de Triomphe, like etched in them and stuff like that. And I remember thinking a lot of that stuff was really cool. And just yeah. to see in like a, f- a flea market setting like that with, with a lot of really old stuff was fun. It was fun to look around and see what kind of stuff is yeah. there. Well, and just the idea, like a flea market is always kind of interesting to see old stuff, mm-hmm. but then like you're seeing old stuff that's 
from France. Right, where so, people actually know what old is. Yeah, like yeah. The old stuff is way <laughs> older. It was kind of fascinating. But um, you know what I also really enjoyed that day was just spending time on the beach. Yeah. And it was like a like the main attraction. Yes. Um, yeah. It was a sticky sand beach. We mm-hmm. uh, we note the sand at different beaches. So I liked that it was not rocky yeah. at all. It was yeah. nice and sandy. It was, um, yeah. But it was sticky sand, which I just think is funny because then whenever you go to walk away, you're like, oh, the, stand is go- the sand is going to stick with me yeah. <laughs> all day long. Taking the sand back. Yeah. Back to America with me, probably. Yeah. Well, in <laughs> France and Spain, they have a lot of um, a lot of topless women on their beaches. That's really common. But also, it's um, older women really navigate towards that. And I was just so surprised by that. And I really saw that a lot in France. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And um, I just can't imagine seeing my grandma out there topless <laughs> on, on a beach. It's kind yeah. of crazy. Yeah, I I can't either. But it's just not a thing, and um and just in general, the older women like they just they went like spaghetti straps, tube tops, whatever they felt like doing. It was just a lot less, a lot more skin and a lot less clothing. Yes. No matter the age, and I just find that to be like so different than in America. It was also really interesting um to note that people in Spain and France and Italy. And I know we've mentioned this before, but it still blows my mind. They all slept on the beach whenever they went to the beach and they would curl up in fetal position. Mm-hmm. And that was so funny to me. Even grown men, it didn't matter. And it didn't matter what they were wearing. It didn't matter like they were, could be in full, you know, thong bikini and they would just curl up in a little ball <laughs> and like go to sleep for an hour or two. And... uh I just yeah. thought that's really funny. That still weirded me out. I yeah. can't imagine as a grown man sleeping in public, like just curled up in a ball, especially like on a beach. I'm just going like to have to see that sun. one day. One day we're going to get you European enough that you just curl up in the fetal position <laughs> like, on a beach. Just be like, oh, pop the old shirt off and curl up in a little ball. Take a nap right here. <laughs> so weird. Well, the other thing that we did that day that was a lot of fun and very much more American was <laughs> yes. going to see Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, we couldn't be in con and not go to a movie. Yes. And so we went to a movie. I convinced you to go to um, see Top Gun Yeah. and to see it in English that was rather good. than in French. Right. Um, I did want to see it in French, but then I was so... I so enjoyed it being like seeing, hearing people talk in English was just so refreshing. Do you think Tom Cruise runs as fast in French? I don't know. That's a great question. He's (laughs) such a fast runner. If uh, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, um, you might be the last person because it's (laughs) so popular and Tom Cruise saved the movie industry has all of the wonderful things that you expected from it um, with goose references and Iceman references. Yep. They play, play on the beach it's with their the shirts off. Thing. Like it's all of it. Yes. It is like, <laughs> just like Top Gun, except it's a modern day version of it. But it's yeah. like the same kind of like, Oh, montage of everyone playing on the beach and music and mm-hmm. it's really funny. It is Top Gun over again except Tom Cruise is old. I will say there were excellent 
shots that they had of like the planes in the air and the sun setting. I, I imagine the cinematographers have like take a lot of pride in the product because man it was like really a beautiful movie to watch as well yeah yeah and it was fun like it it was very relaxing because it was in english Mm -hmm. and aside from talking to each other weren't it's been a while since we'd heard any english when you hadn't seen tom in a while so it felt like yeah i hadn't seen tom cruise he's still really fast And it is all of the things that old action movies had. There's good guys and there's bad guys and there's a challenge to overcome. Mm -hmm. And doggone it if the good guys don't overcome the challenge. The good guys won again. That's crazy. (laughs) And that was a great way to wrap up our really, our only day in con. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice relaxing after a long day of running and sightseeing and all this stuff to like, just sit back at a nice cool theater and yeah. relax a little bit. Yeah. And going back to our Airbnb, you know what? That was the same day we had like, we were FaceTiming with our friends, Jeremy and Casey. And we really made an effort to FaceTime with them like once a week. And that mm-hmm. was one of those times we were like, okay, we kind of had to time it with the movie just right. And we came back to the Airbnb and like got to get on the computer and talk to them. Yeah. Either before or after. And... It just, it makes me think of the Airbnb too, because it was a pretty good Airbnb and Mm -hmm. the couple that, um, renovated this place, they actually decorated it with paintings that like the woman, the the wife had made herself Yeah, and it was really cool, but they didn't, they weren't really blatant about it. It was kind of like, I read this letter from the Airbnb host and then I see their names and she calls herself Cam. And then I look on the wall at this incredible painting that I kept eyeing anyway. It was just like a real standout photo of a gorilla smoking a cigar. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I look at it and the signature on it is Cam. And I'm like, I just have to ask. And so I got on Airbnb on the app and I'm like messaging with them. And they say, yeah, like that's her artwork. We're going to put some more of it up there. What do you think? And then they really wanted our feedback on the the place in general. Yeah. And it was just really cool to engage somebody like that, especially because a lot of the Airbnb hosts you might be using the translator part of Airbnb and right, it wasn't yeah. necessarily all um, super conversational, but they were really interested in our feedback. Yeah. It is nice to like have that experience with the Airbnb that you're looking for. Yeah. Of like, this is somebody local who cares mm-hmm. and um, I'm, in, I'm engaging in business with a person. Yeah. And rather than like, a big entity, which more and more of the Airbnbs now are that way where it's like you find out, oh, it's just owned by some company. But yeah, but this one gave you all those good feelings that, that you really wanted. I'm going to actually leave the link to the Airbnb in our show notes so that you guys can find it. If you're looking for a place in con, it was really affordable and also they were great to work with. And the um the self-check-in was like a true self-check-in. Yes. Like they're not going to ask you to meet them somewhere at a certain time and all of that. Like you're going to be able to access with a, I can't remember if it, I think it was a keypad or something that allowed yeah. us to get the keys and all that kind of stuff. So it was truly convenient and what you would expect from that perspective. Yeah, it was really nice and good location. Um, we walked 
to and from the train station and then walked everywhere we went. Yeah. So it didn't, we didn't do any public transport while we were, while we were there. And so the location was great. Yeah. Where did we go after con? I don't even remember. You're working <laughs> on it though, right? We went to Monaco. Oh yeah. Went to Monaco, yep. uh, to Monte Carlo yep. in Monaco. Second smallest country in the world. Is yes. that right? Yeah. It's just a little bit over two square kilometers. Yeah. So less than a square mile, the, the entire country. Crazy. And it's almost all on a cliff. Mm-hmm. which is really fun and different too. It's where the Grand Prix happens. Yes. Um, there's a great casino there. And talk about yachts. That is where yeah. mega yachts are. Yacht scene there was crazy. Crazy. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, so you guys are going to want to check that out next week. But for now, you can find us on social. We are on TikTok and Facebook, um, Instagram. But then also go ahead and... Find your way onto YouTube and type in Travel FOMO Podcast in the search bar and you will find us. And that is the best way to catch our full videos. Um, And there's so much to see there, so much that we don't even necessarily get to talk about here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's two totally different things that we get to offer you guys because there's the video and the things that happen along the way, which are funny and different. And we don't always necessarily highlight them here in the podcast. And so um, it's just another resource for you guys. Yeah, they uh, they really are something completely, well, not completely different, but very different from the yeah. podcast itself. About the same place, about the same experience, but a different side of it. And a lot of visual stuff, you can see some of the things that we're talking about. So it's a great way to do it. Um, we also have another way for you to connect with us. If you're not connecting with us through social media and all that stuff, we want you to do that. But we also wanted to offer another avenue for you to share your stories with us. So we opened up our email account. It's travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. That is travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. And what we would like for you to do is just share some of your travel stories with us so that we can in turn share them on the show. Uh, You can do that a couple of ways. You can type a traditional email or if you want to be cool and hip, you can record a voice memo and just email us that voice memo and we can play it as part of our podcast. So if you want to tell your story yourself, rather than having me stumble through reading it, uh, you can do that. We hope to hear a lot of great travel stories. It can be uh, maybe a time that you went to con or France or anywhere that you had a great time and you really enjoyed the trip or it was a really terrible trip and it was really dramatic or something funny happened. Any of your travel stories, we want them. Please share them with us so that we can share them with everyone else. And I really hope you guys use the voice memo option. I really want people (laughs) to like send voice memos because it's so fun to hear people's stories in their own words with their own inflections. And we could read, you know, something that you write in an email, but it would be so cool to get to hear you share that story yourself. And it makes other people brave too. So if you're on the border of it, go ahead and do it. We'll make you sound great. Don't you worry about that. (laughs) Do it. And that will encourage other people too as well and make other people brave. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys. Well, that is all we have for you today. And we will let you go because life is so short. Wonder well.